The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis on the Horn. the sports complex on a tuesday afternoon on the show today we'll get into some more college football more transfer news there is another bowl game tonight if you didn't get to watch the bowl game during the day yesterday there was a day bowl game that went to overtime no way <laughs> and the only reason i know it is because i watched bad beats after uh after the, the monday night football game oh. but that was enough to see all that i needed to see about that game uh we'll get into that uh, a coach of the year has been selected. We'll tell you who that was. Uh, talk a little bit more about some recent commits from uh, the Texas getting from the transfer portal from uh, the recruiting world as well. We'll talk a little bit more about Texas and Washington and some of the possible X factors for that game in the Sugar Bowl. Get you Patrick's big fat poll today. Talk some NBA. John Morant is coming back Woo! tonight. The Lakers hung a banner last night and. The dog that was there seemed enthusiastic about it. Oh, come on. Not yet. Just give me until 4.30. Come on. <laughs> we'll get that. Talk some NBA. Uh, in the NFL, the Seahawks continue the torment for Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. And uh, we'll talk some playoff pictures, some other news in the NFL. All coming up on the show today. And, of course, your text messages. 512-447-3776. 512-447-3776 is the text line. Questions, comments, concerns. You guys drive the show. We just try to keep it on the rail. So whatever you guys want to talk about, you text that in. We'll get you the poll question. We'll get you stuff to talk about. And you join the show with us right there. And by us, I mean myself, Patrick Davis, and with me across the way there is Jacob Standard. Uh, Jacob, do you have a do you have a good night watching uh, Monday Night Football? I had a fantastic night. I told you when we left here, I got a feeling. I think things are lining up for Seattle, and then I didn't have the conviction to place the bet I wanted to place on them. But it's okay. I will take an Eagles loss either way. Yeah, I uh, I needed a lot of points from Drew Locke and uh, DK Metcalf. And oh, Pete, did you get him in time? And Pete Carroll uh, apparently said, why would we want to throw it to the guy who's catching every single pass we throw his way and is clearly the best player on the field right now? No, no, let's keep running the ball for four yards instead of throwing the ball to DK Metcalf. And then at the end of the game, when they need to win it, you know what they did? They threw it to DK. They threw it to DK over and over, and it kept working. And maybe if you would have done that all day, Pete Carroll, 
then we would have not had a problem where I lost in my playoffs in the first round. He had him right where he wanted him. He was setting him up for the Jackson Smith and Jigba game winner. The Jackson says, which I mean, you could they could have won this game forty to nothing if they would have just thrown to DK Metcalf all game. Yeah, but what's the drama in that? <laughs> what's Come on. The drama in that? Yeah, Pete Carroll. Not I, I think he maybe he may need a break from coaching. I, he had some. We'll talk about that in the in the five o'clock. But Ooh, I'm interested he in that. Not, he did not. He was not. None of that yesterday gave me a lot of faith in Pete Carroll coaching, even though they won. Why you think you think he's not smacking the gum as hard? Is it less enthusiastic? Or I mean, there's well, no well, flavor in that gum. It's the same. It's the same it's piece the of same gum. Stick. It's oh. the same stick of gum. All right, let's move on. <laughs> All right, uh, but yeah, it was a good night. I, I know uh, I did have a friend in a league who won his game by one point because of the Jackson Smith and Jigba touchdown. No way. Won his game in advance in the playoffs. Uh, but the, he was playing. They're both Cowboys fans, so they were they could still hug it out at the end of it oh, because yeah, well. the Eagles' loss was 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 you know that was fantastic. Yeah, it's it Christmas more. come early. Uh, let's talk some college football to start off the show here in the four o'clock hour. And uh, there is some interesting transfer news that came down yesterday, late yesterday, that Dante Moore, the UCLA uh, five star recruit that came in played for UCLA, has decided to go to Oregon. We already know Dylan Gabriel has. Decided to go to Oregon. Ooh, and normally in that transfer portal, we don't see two guys go to the same two quarterbacks, go to the same school. You're kind of usually transferring because you want to get playing time. So this is a unique situation. Uh, Dante Moore had an okay season for UCLA. Highly touted, though. Highly touted. High, very highly touted. Still think he's got a great future, but he's coming in as a freshman. He really did not you know i don't know if he was ready to go yet he's playing in a, in a conference where quarterbacks can kind of do whatever they want only through 50% completion rate that Ooh. is a not a good number what you want from your quarterback he ends up with five touchdowns four interceptions he had a 6.8 yard average in there that's a lot of stats that tell me this guy could use a little bit of time to advance maybe use a different quarterback coach maybe a different system and i think that's why he's going to oregon is he maybe making the right decision for his career long term to say, man, I get it, but in UCLA, they want me to go be the guy right now, and I'm not. So if I go over here, I'll get to learn behind Dylan Gabriel. I get to learn behind, you know, learn at, at Oregon, who's produced that Bo Nix was just there, and he he was up for the Heisman. So maybe I can go here and kind of fix what I got going on. I don't have to play next year, so I don't have to, you know, I'm not going to compound. I get a year to kind of learn. I don't know if Dylan Gabriel is going to be healthy the whole year. He hasn't really played a full season. He tends to get a little banged up throughout the year. So maybe I'll get to play a few snaps, maybe a couple games for Oregon, and then I'll come out, and then in, in one year, I'll be ready to go know the playbook and have a year or two more of killing it at Oregon, win a Heisman, and go off to the NFL. That kind of thought process where I, I don't know if a lot of guys, when they think of the transfer portal, think that that may be the thought. He may be thinking, I'll beat out Dylan Gabriel for the position I want the competition. I don't necessarily believe that's what's going to happen, but... That sure. The fifty percent completion rate for me is the most st st just stunning number. You don't like to see that. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up because I don't think Oregon is. I don't think of Oregon as the place where you go to develop as a QB because it, it seems more like a system that makes an already developed QB yeah. who's kind of okay seem better than they are because all you're going to learn how to throw is slants and bubble screens. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, maybe he's looking to boost the completion percentage a little bit. I don't know. I just don't see Oregon as creating great quarterbacks more as a system that's ready for a experienced game manager well yeah and i mean we're talking about we're talking about creating great quarterbacks you know this is a you know the same thing with lincoln riley where guys want to go with lincoln riley lincoln riley's made his name off of transfers yes and it does i don't think they're necessarily mutually exclusive you can you know dan landing and that crew up in oregon may have a great system to get quarterbacks where they want them to be and and help make dante Moore what he needs to be 
they just haven't done it yet because, you know, if you're trying to compete at a high level, you, it's hard to go trust a freshman or a sophomore to go out there. No doubt. And so I, it's an int- it's just an interesting piece in the world of transfers where you never know what it, whatever's happening and, you know, where you think one guy may go here and then, you know, we see Kyle McCord leave Ohio State to go to Syracuse. Awesome choice. Which is just a weird and, – and the report on that was that he basically went to Ryan Day at the end and said, is it my starting job next year? Ryan Day said no. What? He said you have to earn it. He didn't say oh, no, it's not. He okay. says you have to earn it, but he says not your starting job. That's a fair answer. Like we're gonna, but it's no, we're gonna try and go get another quarterback in the transfer portal, and we're gonna go try and get someone better than you. And if if I get my wish, it's basically what at least what Kyle McCord read between the lines wow. is if I get my wish, I will get a better quarterback than you, and then we can beat Michigan because it's not me, it's you. Oof. That's what I think he read between the lines. He understood it. He said the NIL was not what he thought it was gonna be at Ohio State. Shocker. Which I, I think, again, it, the NIL I don't think is what anybody thinks it's going to be anywhere. The only people that are probably satisfied with their NIL are offensive linemen expecting $50,000 from the Pancake Factory because we know that's what that is. Or that recruit that just flipped from Georgia to Nebraska, he's probably getting paid pretty handsomely he over thinks there. He's, he thinks he is. But again, oh, none yeah. of these deals Never are signed yeah. until you are on campus. So you can promise everything in the world, and once they're there... You 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 know now you're saying okay well now we're results based and now well okay well we can you can make two million dollars but I also need you to make forty five appearances this year. Man, Matt Rule must be a hell of a salesman. Then got that number uh, he one. He did QB well, and also uh, Beck is coming back to Georgia as well. So yeah. their quarterback is coming back for another season at Georgia. So there is a possible that Carson Beck's coming back that you know that he wanted to play earlier. And he, thought he thinks he has a shot to play right away. Right away at Nebraska. He may oh, think he definitely he, will. He has that shot. So uh, Casey Thompson gets another medical redshirt year there as well. Mm. Uh, actually, no, he transferred, didn't he? Did he transfer so. over to with Tom Herman now? I'll let you know. I think he might have transferred over to Tom Herman now. But uh, but you get another year there. Uh, you get a, He gets a, a shot to go start right away at Nebraska, play some more games, or at least be a little bit more up in it. He may, for whatever reason, but he has decided to go over there. It, it's just interesting when we look at the transfer portal that, that Dante Moore is just a – an anomaly that a five-star went to back up another transfer. It is a little weird. But, Make- man, Dan Lanning, if we talk about recruiters, <laughs> Dan Lanning is killing it. That's what happens when you play for wins instead of clicks. And, <laughs> you know, I wonder how many vi- how many clicks that video got. Oh, that's a, oh, a little reverse psychology. Reverse on, psychology. Playing chess, not checkers. No, I see and, you, Dan. And, honestly, when you look at recruiting numbers and you can see why he really doesn't like the fact that he got beat by Washington. <laughs> so if he, Washington, I don't believe, is in the top 25 recruiting like top twenty five recruiting class next year, right? They don't have the star studded lineup like he's. They got. don't. Oregon's got the players, and they can show it by getting two, you know, top quarterbacks. One who is always seen perform at a high, very high level of college, and the other is a five star with huge potential. Uh, but some news there. Uh, I do want to get into a couple other things, but I, I'm going to mention first uh, the game because it is a Texas bowl game tonight. So there could be some people that want to watch some Texas football. There's a t- a person that. Uh, a team that we played a year ago. Yes, we did. In UTSA, they are taking on Marshall. They're a 10.5-point favorite Whew. against Marshall. Cam uh, Fancher, I believe is how he pronounced his name, for Marshall as a quarterback. He's a dual-threat quarterback. Has transferred. So it will be rolling over to Cole Pennington. Uh, did not have a great season this year. He is the son of Chad Pennington. Yes, he is. If you remember old uh, noodle arm Chad Pennington. Hey, Marshall legend. Watch your mouth. Old noodle arm Chad <laughs> Pennington. The man who threw the ball with more air under a 20-yard pass than you've ever seen <laughs> for the Jets. Uh, Cole Pennington, though, so far this season, uh, no touchdowns, six interceptions. Ooh. 
Not necessarily the stat you want to see the most in this. Uh, for UTSA, the big transfer out of there is Trey Moore, who Texas is looking at. Hey. Texas would really like to, to talk to Trey Moore some more. We like his and, edge play. And it, by the way, for people expecting Trey Moore to announce today, I, I could imagine he's going to wait till tomorrow considering UTSA is playing today. He may not want to take the spotlight off of his, uh, his team. I would assume I don't know so. If, I don't know if that's the case. He may make the decision. I, I have no idea. But I know his team that he's leaving is playing in a bowl game tonight. He may wait till tomorrow. What if he sets it up like the announcement? The show's going to start at 8. The announcement will be at 8.30. <laughs> he's going to do it's it like, at halftime. At halftime. Uh, but Trey Moore is, of course, the, the AAC Defensive Player of the Year. Great edge rusher Texas is looking at in the uh, in the transfer portal. So, but he will not be there. So the the pass rush may not be there. But you are against a you know freshman quarterback who is going to have a little bit of trouble. Uh, here's a crazy stat for you though about UTSA. Okay, what they're looking for tonight. All right, they have played in five bowl games. Uh oh, not a win in them. Oh, the UTSA has not won a bowl game yet in their collegiate football career. They've not been around for that long of a program time for a tendency breaker when i when i went to utsa for a short period of time there was no football program oh so it is it okay is, it is not a it is not a historic uh program for utsa but there are no fine ball games this is frank harris's farewell song after seven years at utsa it was only seven only seven i mean i thought we were in double digits well at least or maybe been... maybe he's gaslighting us to get another it's only been like three guys <laughs> now i'm pretty sure we have numbers nah that's that was other frank harris uh <laughs> But yeah, they're they're zero and five in bowl games. So an interesting thing to look at there for if UTSA Frank Harris can go out on top with the first bowl win in UTSA history. Well, the other part of it is Jeff Trailer, right? Jeff Trailer. Yes. It would make sense at the end of Frank Harris's seven year run with him already being rumored for the A and M job and all that. It would make sense that Jeff Trailer is ready to move on to a bigger and better job. He as is, well. but he has not gotten it yet, which means he probably is not getting it this year. Because most of those coaching vacancies already been filled, unless he wants to go not be a head coach anymore. He may have because UTSA was not at the same level. But I think at Bowen, Bowen's, I mean, that's how we saw Tom Bowl Horman get no, move no. up the ranks is he kept beating, you know, teams. And this is you're a ten and a half point favorite. If you lose this, it's not a great look on Jeff Trailer. So it is something to look at. Uh that if he gets out there and dominates in this game when he's the only game on and people are looking at that, put that in their mind as they're looking for coaches next year and the year after and see if he can what he can do. But I, I I'm not sure if he's gonna go anywhere else considering the fact. Yeah, sure. we are we are already past the point of most of those coaches have already been hired. Yeah, no, there could I, be some of them. It could. I'm just saying, there's going to be a lot of emotion wrapped up in this. There is. And Frank, uh, yeah, the Frank Harris thing, you know, going out. But yeah, zero and five in bowl games for UTSA. Hopefully, they get the win tonight. They are ten and a half point favorites against Marshall. Did not know they were zero and five in bowl games. Yes. Mm. Uh, Does that affect the way you're going to pick that one? I mean, no, the fact that Cole Pennington is playing is the reason. I, well, you mean the legend, Cole Pennington? The legend. The legend. I mean, he hey, he's he's thrown seven passes that have and been six of them are picks. Six of them. You are said picks. He has no, six no, no. Picks? He's he's oh. he's a higher percentage than he has God. six picks, but zero touchdowns. Maybe he throws his first touchdown tonight. Yeah, they'll never see it coming. They'll never see it coming. We'll see Chad in there. Chad out. Chad Pennington in the crowd. Yeah. It, Chad Pennington may be the whole crowd. We don't know. <laughs> uh, another piece of news: uh, Kalen DeBar. Washington Fed football coach wins the AP Coach of the Year award. Mm. This is uh, it, look. He, Washington had a great season. We talked about when you talk about recruiting classes. When you talk about people bringing in, they're they were not supposed to beat Oregon twice. No, they, they were, were ten point dogs. They were the not supposed time. to be undefeated. They were in the Alamo Bowl with Texas last year. Neither one of these teams was supposed to be where they're at this year. Uh, but they did it with, you know, Texas has had a 
wealth of talent for a lot of years and not necessarily always use them right, not develop them, not done anything else. Kalen DeBoer has done a great job in Washington uh, getting that program where it needs to be. Uh, he wins the AP Coach of the Year. And I, t- and I know you were asking about if this, you know, when we talk about Coach of the Year awards and why Sark may not be getting all of them. That's because they assume he's he's got a more talented roster. Which he does. Yeah, he definitely does. Which he does. I, they, they are assuming it because it's true, he does. And if we're saying from from top to bottom, so we're not saying position by position we can sit there and say, because they have really good wide receivers. They have a really good quarterback. They've got two NFL-ready wide receivers. they, they got right a really now. good O-line. Like, they have a lot of good players. But if we start going down their depth chart, there's not four and five stars and all that, which Texas has. And that's what Texas is going to be. So they're not, they're not going to get the same credit Sark will because – they expect Texas to win. Oh, although I kind of like it. I kind of like the I ships think building this, up. But this is it. And this is, can Texas go into the Washington game, go into the Sugar Bowl, and be able to use the moment, the the trash talk where you were able to walk in against Texas Tech and have you know the trash talk that Texas Tech and Lubbock has had and, and the commissioner's remarks and all that and build that up and handle business. But you're a heavy favorite. You handle business. You go against Oklahoma State, and they give the coach of the year to Gundy, and you do all that, and you use that to handle your business. But you're a big favorite. Now you're walking into a game where you don't. This is not handling your business. You're a big favorite anymore. Right. You're playing a team that has not lost this season. Yeah. You are playing a really good football team with really talented players. And believe me, oh, oh Texas Tech and Oklahoma State would do backflips to get the kind of roster that the, that Washington has this year. So. Is this something that Texas is going to still be able to use? Can Texas still use a mental game and in the weight room and get everybody pumped up and get them to go in there, but not overdo it to the point where now you think, okay, well, we're pumped up. We're going to go in there. We're going to go push them around. But you kind of forget the precision you need in a game like this, whereas against Texas Tech or Oklahoma State, you can just be bull in a china shop and you're going to dominate them because you're bigger, you're stronger, you're faster. You no longer have necessarily that same edge against Washington. I kind of wish this award came out after Christmas. I wanted it to come out a little bit after the break because yes. now they're gonna they're gonna be mad and then they're gonna go see their families. Right? I mean, there's and still there's still down. more Coach of the Year awards. Oh, okay, well, there's still more because there's still give them all to DeBoer. Uh, Eddie Robinson, one. I think, comes out maybe tomorrow. Is that Eddie? the one where they wait till after the no, playoffs? No, no, that's that, that's another one. That's okay. they, that one's they're going to name the finalist in like two weeks. And then, <laughs> but no, I, there, there's still some more awards to come out uh, that Kalen DeBoer and Sark are both up for. But I think it's something interesting to watch of kind of how you have to change that locker room material against a team like this. Like it's when you played Alabama, you can walk in there and you can take all the trash talk about Alabama, saying that you know, it, and everybody saying that that wasn't going to be a game and that. It's not going to be close, and can Texas even Saban's hang? assistants never win. Yeah, yeah, and all that. And you can take that, but you have to go in there and go, we have to implement our game plan and play it perfectly. And I think you have to be more in that mindset. So you can use it, and Sark's been really good at it, the, the staff, because Sark's not going to be the main one. Who's Sark will be the classy one to go, oh, congrats, Kalen DeBoer. You know you're doing great. And then he'll get his other coaches and the weight room and everybody else to when guys are working and practicing in their groups to put that little bit of extra effort in to prove it. We'll see. We'll see how classy he's going to be about it because I remember what happened pregame for the Washington Bowl game last year. He was a little on edge. He was. I think he's he's feeling a little bit better this year. Uh, Another note, uh, Texas did get a commit uh, today from a four-star defensive tackle for the 2025 class. We mentioned they got uh, Emory Winston, the four-star tight end in the 2025 class yesterday committed. Uh, Brandon Brown. Is a four-star defensive tackle in the in the 2025 class. He is committed to Texas now. Uh, National Signing Day is tomorrow for the 2024 class, so we will see 
anyone, if there's any more flips or anybody else that came out in that one. Uh, Phil Simi is the flip you got from uh, Florida. If you go follow guys like Jerry Hamilton and Bobby Burton and all those people following, uh, they're saying it's not done yet. For, they're saying for Texas that there may be more news, or, and they're not saying whether it's transfer portal or 2025 or 2024. Oh but man! They, but Sark's still working. Sark is Stark is still out there working hard. We'll, tomorrow we'll get way more news because it is National Signing Day to, uh, tomorrow, so we'll know more about that tomorrow. But it's something to look out for. Uh, but I do want to get into this is all great news, but we're all waiting really as much as Signing Day is going to be fun. Then we get into Sugar Bowl talk real heavy oh, yeah. because now we start to get into it. Uh, something I did want to talk about, though, today is something that just kind of have been looking about, and I want to get your opinions on this as well uh, on the text line, uh, about who will be the X factors in this game for Texas and for Washington, where we can say the top guys we all know and the top guys you expect to play at a top level. Like everybody knows Tavondre Sweat and Byron Murphy are going to need to have big games. Sure. And you know Quinn Ewers and Xavier Worthy, and, and I'll even put Adonai Mitchell in that group, uh, Jatavion Sanders, like those guys need to have big games. But I think, and, he, and I'll even say C.J. Baxter, I don't put him as an X factor. I think he needs to be good. I think he needs to be good. I can't put him as an X factor because, you know, the X factor is if he puts up 200. But I just need him to be good, you know what I mean? Yeah. I need, if he has a 98-yard game and the Jaden Blue has some, then I'm good. Right, give us your usual production. Uh, but I will say there's somebody, I'm going to tell you an offensive player and a defensive player from Ooh. both teams Ooh, okay. uh, as some X factors. The X factor on defense, I can kind of go between two guys. They're both starters or both guys who should have big games. Uh, Ethan Burke, I think, is, needs to be big in this game to create pressure, uh, to take some weight off of Tavondre Sweat and Byron Murphy, that the more he's able to get pressure and jump out on this really good Washington O-line, if he's around to get it and just – especially on third downs and things, and can get around and get a little bit more pressure on Michael Penix and make him not have the comfort and make it so when the pocket collapses, he's not also being pushed in the wrong place and making smart decisions. I think Mike Ethan Burke is going to be a big part of this game. It could be a real X factor. If you talk about a guy that if he gets two sacks in this game, how good do you feel about the game? And that's not a huge number, but two sacks is – that would be a big, big game for Ethan Burke. That'd be massive. Just got to be careful of running off the cliff on the edge. Exactly. Because they'll gut you. Exactly. And and then the other one I'll say on defense is Jaron Thompson. We've seen him have huge moments in big games, and we've seen him get blown up in big games. This is one of those ones. If he has a big game and he doesn't get thrown over the top of, but he's able to come in and make some big plays, maybe get a big pick, maybe pick some things off. He has a real good eye for the ball in that safety position. If we see him, he could be a big X factor in this game. And on the offensive end, it's Keelan Robinson for me. We saw what he did last year. He He's going to be pissed off going into this game. He knows this is his last hurrah in college football. He had six carries for uh, – he had eight carries for 27 yards last year. Ooh. Six receptions for 40. Oh, and that's when everyone believed Texas running game is dead. And they said it was over. He wasn't able to do – I mean, Texas had 51 total rushing yards in that game. Ouch. But yeah. I think Keelan Robinson was the one. Jonathan Brooks was there last year, too. Jaden Blue was there, but he was kind of hurt. Jonathan Brooks didn't. was a little banged up, too. Didn't play much. Keelan Robinson's the guy who wasn't able to go. I think Keelan Robinson in the red zone, where they've been able to use him just out of the red zone with those with the popping out of the backfield and catching passes, he's been really good at that. And the kick return game. Oh, you they think can, he's they can kick it there. away from Xavier Worthy. But you're going to kick off. You're going to kick it to you're going to kick it to Keelan Robinson at points. Right, and we've seen he has the ability to get through. And if he gets through on one, I think he has two opportunities in this game to be a big time game changer for Texas. I like that. Uh, so I'm going to put him on that side. 
on the other side, uh, Jalen Polk, the wide receiver for uh, he's a, he's their number two wide receiver. He's a thousand yard receiver this year, but he is a guy from Texas. He's a guy who went to Tech originally. He wants transferred bad. to Washington. He's going to want to embarrass Texas in this game. There's a little extra incentive for a guy like that. I think they're going to go to him as much as they can in this game. Uh, and then defensively, the interesting one is uh, Zach Dunfrey. Okay. He uh, did not play this season. Ooh. He was not given a waiver because he was considered a two-time transfer. Oh. With the latest NCAA rulings. He's now going to get to play. He should be eligible for this game. Ooh. He is an edge rusher. 6'5", 250 edge. That could be a difference rushing the quarterback that you don't really have any game film at Washington, so we don't know how much they'd use him. He's fresh. But he's fresh. He's he's ready to go. So that's an interesting one because we don't know how much they'd use him if they decide we're not going to play him at all. We don't, we don't know because Washington is not going to be in that place to tell you what they're going to be doing, but it is something that they transferred him. He's one of those guys that fell into that stupid range where they go, he's a two-time transfer even though he didn't really play at the first place. So a lot of these guys at the first place they went to didn't have programs for the COVID year. And so people transferred out of the program because there was going to be no football. Right. And then they went somewhere that football, but they say it's a double transfer. So they don't let him play a year at Washington. But he is a big-time guy that they really want in that transfer portal. Uh, from everything I'm reading, it appears he will be eligible to play in the Sugar Bowl, even though he couldn't play all year because of the, the two-time transfer. However, Uh-oh. they just passed that. The judge just passed that restraining oh, yeah. order, yeah, yeah, yeah. and the NCAA basically said we're done. Like we're not fighting the two-time transfers anymore. So that would mean he gets that gives him a pass to play. So, and, and that I think is an interesting one to see that you just add on to a good team another pass rusher. What a great find, Patrick. That what one for me is somebody find. to look for and uh, keep out for. Do you have any other X-Factors for this I game? I do. So when I was looking at X-Factors, I looked at two things. What is his most recent weapon that he likes using, and who did he use in the game that he prepared the most for? Alabama. And there was a common factor between yep. both games. It was JT Sanders. Yep. He had eight or less receptions in both games, over 100 yards. Yeah. He was the leading receiver against Alabama, against Oklahoma State, the most recent game. Adonai Mitchell had him by four yards, but he also had a 62-yard bomb in that game. Yep. So look out. He won't be front and center because, like I said, under eight receptions. He won't be front and center yep. all the time, but when Sark wants to go, he's going to sneak JT Sanders in there and let him get loose on that defense. I'm, I'm going with JT Sanders as my X factor. I like this. And what I'll tell you is we talked about this yesterday. I, I really want to see him healthy. And, you know, I feel like a month getting healthy after just kind of being banged up and he rolled his ankle early and it, it didn't necessarily look like he was fully healthy in a lot of those games this season. Yeah. And, and even when he was – he seemed like he was 90%, which is pretty good for a championship game. Sure. You know, get that last 10%, be 100% healthy going into the game. Uh, I think could be a big, you know, opportunity for him to get a blast off on some of these players on the edge and get outside and just make you miss. And, it, we, you know – He's that guy. If you try and load up the safeties to play in the run game, well, he can go over the top of you. I'm just thinking and of if you, him. If you try and push back a little bit with linebackers, he can go. He can beat a linebacker running. I'm just thinking of JT Sanders on the seams, all 6'4", 243 yep. of them against a safety or something on exactly. the seam. Like, give me that all day. No, and you put it with a safety who's also watching the run. Yep. And he's got to tackle him from not in front. You know, there, there's a lot where you could be very happy about JT Sanders. So uh, on the text line, 512-447-3776. Uh, let's get to Patrick's big fat poll of the day. Patrick's big fat poll of the day on the horn. All right. So we just talked about who our X factors are. Who are your X factors? If you have one for Washington, if you have one for Texas, text us who you think your X factors are for this game. 
Who do you think your X Factor is? And tell us why. Tell us why you have your X Factors. 512-447-3776. Who is your X Factor for the Sugar Bowl? Because we, we, I gave you I gave you a few. You gave a few that I think there. Jacob gave you one too. So we got plenty for you to pick from or it's your own. I think Anthony Hill's somebody that could be an X Factor in this game. Yeah, can I add one to my list? Yeah. Michael Taff. <laughs> I think, uh, <laughs> hey, Michael Taft is is one of the leaders in interceptions on this Texas I'm, I'm team. I'm just saying season. he's an opportunist. He I is. Just, he, I yeah. mean, anybody, and the same reason I take Darren Thompson is anybody who can get those interceptions. Now, I think Michael Taft may have a little less playing time in this game oh. in the fact that I don't know if he has the speed to keep up with some of these receivers. Sure. So he may see a little – he'll see playing time. Yeah, but he's going to have to. These receivers are going to be working so hard, we're going to be rotating secondary pretty frequently. Exactly. So, But Darren Thompson has a similar problem. Is He just doesn't have that over-the-top speed. Where it, but also we say if Derek Williams, uh, I believe he's suspended next season, but he may be suspended for the game. I still have not heard definitively. I've heard both ways. I'll so, look it up. I'll double check. Uh, that. But it, he's one that at least in the second half is going to be playing a lot because his speed. But yeah, you're going to be able, you're going to see some of those guys. But I like it. I like it. We'll throw him in there. Who's your uh, X factor for this game? Five one two four four seven three seven seven six. We're going to take a break. Come back. Talk about some NBA action. John Morant coming back tonight. Talk about that when we come back on the Horn 1019 AM 1260, the Horn app and hornfm.com. Hey, it's Eric. The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis on the Horn. on the sports complex. I had to let it get to the chorus. I know, I and I saw you. Chorus. Every time I looked over at you, you were smiling wider. So I knew, for the chorus. I knew something was coming. I didn't know he was going <laughs> to beg like a child at the store who didn't get his toy. Well, he wants a mistress for Christmas. And he wants it bad, but he can't have it. <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. <laughs> we're playing the theme of the musical theme of the week. is uh, It's different Christmas songs. Just fun, different Christmas songs. You know, you don't have to play the array. You know, you don't have to play the, the standards. Yeah. You play some other stuff. This ACDC Mistress for Christmas. It's a solid one. It is a great song. I also love that some of these are just like, these are like released back in the day. This was released in 1990. Which is not really back in the day, but 1990 off the Razor's Edge. It was just in a regular album. Oh. It wasn't like, it wasn't a Christmas album. He just, they just were like, yeah, let's put her do a Christmas song and just put it on a regular album. Okay. All right. Well, 
But yeah, that's what we're doing all week, so hopefully we'll find you some other good Christmas songs. Is that up there on your Christmas playlist now? I like that. I like that one. That one's way up there. It's up there. Mysteries for Christmas. We'll see. We got some other good ones. I'm, I'm excited. I like this theme. I like this theme a lot. <laughs> uh, we're going to get to the text line in just a minute. 512-447-3776. Uh, who is going to be the X Factor for Texas? If you got one for Washington, if you want to tell us why, put that in there uh, on the text line. 512-447-3776 is the text line. I uh, do want to get to a couple little NBA talk first, though. Uh, the Lakers. Uh, they lose a game to the New York Knicks last night. However, before the game, they hung the banner. Biggest moment in Lakers history. Biggest moment. The Lakers hang the banner for the in-season tournament. Woo! The players seemed as if they were slightly embarrassed. They were a little embarrassed. They seemed slightly embarrassed. There was a couple of claps and mostly looking around like, Let's just play the game, man. Like We don't want to be here. I will give the Lakers credit on one thing. What's that? The the way the the, the banner is, it is a... If we win this again, it's the same banner. You think so? Because it was 2023. It's like in small print on one side. They could okay, win like good. 10 more on that banner. Okay. So I, I saw that and I went, okay, that it, – now it, it's a little cocky because you're like, we're clearly going to win this a bunch more times. And in like 15 years, if they don't want another, it's going to look weird. Because you know, it just says 2023 like up at the – like it's clearly a list started. You know what's going to look weirder? Every other gym that doesn't have an in-season tournament banner. No. Yeah. No. Be, yes. No. Yes. It's going to look fine. The Spurs <laughs> building looks fine. Uh, they, uh, it is. It's like the uh, whenever I tell people we throw music festivals and they call it the first annual. I'm like, guys, don't call anything the first annual. Yeah. It's that much more depressing when the second one doesn't happen. Getting ahead of yourself. Yeah. Getting ahead of yourself. I got in trouble one when time. When can you use annual? It's second. Second annual you can do. You can? You can, second annual, because it is now the second annual. You've, you've done it another year. Now, it's still, you could say, because otherwise you're like, you can say the second. But if you're doing it every year in the same kind of thing, you can do the second annual. On the second one, I feel like you have to just say, we're doing it again. I feel like you can, third one. Third one, you definitely can. But I'm saying, second, I'm fine with. I know at one point where I was working a show, and I get there, and it was, there was nobody there. Uh-oh. And it was like in a bad place, and it was like by a, like by not, I don't even want to say a, a pond. It was by something where there was a, the most amount of mosquitoes you could possibly, possibly ever see. Somewhere water used to be. Yes. Uh, and there was stage, and it was just bad. And then we were like getting fed inside, and, and I looked down at the laminate they had given us, and I just said, first annual, bit optimistic, huh? Oh, no. <laughs> and the rest of the was like, shut up, they're paying us. I was like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, just, just a hint for anybody who puts together events, never say first annual. It's not a good look. Getting ahead of yourself. Yeah, just say whatever it is. And then if there's a second and a third and a fourth, then you can put it on there. But the first annual. Wait till the third. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait till the third. You know, and then you're there. And then everybody goes, oh, man, three rises are third, already third annual year. Annual event. Yeah. You're ready to go. Annual event. Uh, <laughs> uh, speaking of an annual event, John Moran is returning from suspension. <laughs> uh, good segue. Good that segue. Was, that was a, are we on the third? Is it the, <laughs> I don't know. It's the third or fourth. I don't know. Uh, John Morant, though, he's coming back from his 25-game suspension for multiple uh, offenses. Uh, he is coming back. The Grizzlies are six and nineteen without him, without Dylan Brooks this season. Is he had walked? Is he went away? And uh, they they just uh, do not seem to. They didn't seem to reload the way they thought they would, and had other guys. Desmond Bain's been okay, but he is not a number one player. Jaron Jackson Jr. has been doing everything he can, forty a night. But again, you need to have that other piece in there. Uh, they're going to actually take on the Pelicans tonight. They're still underdogs with John Morant coming back. You assume John Morant has been working out and going as hard as he can. And I know the NBA uh, 
you know, the conditioning for the NBA is a little different. I still expect him to play 25 to 30 minutes tonight at least. I would think uh, so. And get back. He'll be back. And he's a young man that can kind of bounce back a lot quicker on these things. Uh, it, it, unfortunately for the Grizzlies, this is not the best team to come back on because this is a team that has a ton of depth and a ton of weapons, which is not what you have. So basically your weakness is their strength. You're also going to have John Morant, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. going up against Zion Williamson. Maybe. And those guys bumping around. Maybe. Zion's game time. Zion, and Zion's lifetime game time. He's always game time. Lifetime game He's time. Okay. But the, the Pelicans <laughs> right now, if we see who's their scoring leaders, uh, they have three guys that are averaging 20 points a game right now. Ooh. And that is, you know, some guys are out and some guys come back, so the numbers may be a little inflated. Uh, CJ McCollum missed a lot of time with that collapsed lung, I believe is what it was. Yeah. Uh, That's a scary situation. It is. So, they're, you know, the, the numbers may be inflated, but still to have three guys that can score at that level – uh, Ingram's leading the way, then Zion, and then McCollum. It's, you know, this Pelicans team has the depth right now. I think they're going to, if they are going to try and get to that next level, they may still need to make a trade because they have too much depth right now. What did you, what would you like them to get? Uh, I mean, really, you probably want to get, you just want to get somebody, like you need a six man, like a real good six man to come in. They have a lot of guys who are good, but when you get into the playoffs, you want the guy you know is good for 15 a night or 14 or 15 a night off the bench. Right. Can't play the guessing game. And they have Herb Jones, yeah. who's a good player. Off the, like they have good players, but they, it's, they're kind of not as consistent, you know, and you get like an Alvarado who you love having in there. But if you get one more guy that doesn't need to be a star, but can be a good player on that team and kind of shrink your lineup so you're not taking guys out and trying to play 10 guys in a lineup on a night, sure. you can't really do that once you get to the playoffs. But that's a long ways off for, for everybody. Uh, but especially for the Grizzlies. I believe they're like t- 8 to 10 games out of the playoffs right now for that play-in, that 10 seed. So 8 games out of the play-in? Yes. Oh. I mean, they're 6 and 19. Yeah, I knew that, but goodness. And the West, the West has some good players on top right now. So uh, it, that'll be an interesting thing to see if Ja Morant can kind of turn this around in time and quick enough to pull them back closer to 500. You know, if And, and all you have to do, look, do, you just need to win, what, 15 out of the next 20? And you're right back close to where you need to be. Sure. Which is a hard thing to do, but if you can pull back into that range and go, okay, we're winning for every five we win, every one we lose, we win five. That's what you kind of need to be kind of more in that thought process. If they go 10 out of 20 and you're a 500 team now, you're not going to be good enough to get there. I don't know what you can do to save the season at that point. So you need to start turning on quick with John Moran. And we'll see when they play a Pelicans team tonight, can this team look better than they've looked and close that edge. And now the good part is, too, you get a closer. And how important closers are in the NBA. No, big time. When you need a guy, when it comes ask down the, the Spurs. end. As Spurs. As the Lakers over, they have two guys that can come down at the end, and LeBron and AD, that in those games when it's close, and you can throw it to somebody and trust that they're going to get a bucket. Yeah. Uh, just to close out games, it is huge right now. So if John Morant comes back, he's able to do that. You've got now Jaron Jackson Jr. as a solid number two. His offensive game has flourished this year. Uh, it'll be fun to watch for the uh, the Grizzlies. Uh, Rockets played last night. They lost to the Cavs 130-135 to in overtime. Uh, Donovan Mitchell had 37 points. The problem is this Rockets defense, for whatever reason, cannot travel. Ooh. I don't know why they don't play good defense from three. They're a, a superb uh, three-point defensive team. And for whatever reason, when they go on the road, that goes down. The Cavs shot 40% from three. We're able to handle that game. Uh, and the Cavs get the win, even beat up with Evan Mobley and Darius Garland out. Donovan Mitchell still playing there. A lot of people now with the injuries and the Cavs not being able to get there, people are saying Donovan Mitchell's not going to resign. He's a free agent at the end of the year. Is he going to hit the trade block for somebody that wants to get Donovan Mitchell and pay him? 
Why would you do that if he's going to be a free agent? Because you want to win a title this year and next year and the year after. Also, you can uh, you get bird rights, so you can sign him for more. So if you're over the cap, you can still re-sign him if you uh, trade for him. So okay. there is there is yeah, multiple reasons you. There why are you want benefits. Him. There yeah. are benefits to trade for him instead of just trying to – because you have to clear all the cap room to sign him in free agent. Sure. And very few teams have that. Right. So you'd have to make a sign-and-trade anyway on the, in the back end and hope that they are willing to do a sign-and-trade. Uh, Mavs lose to the Nuggets, 104-130. We told you that they were going to because they're just beat up right now. But the interesting part, Jokic, not the guy, uh, scoring-wise at least. Really? Only had eight points in the game, went three of eight, did not shoot a ton. Uh, the reason for this is they double-teamed him. No they just kept double-teaming him, and the, 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 the Nuggets shot over 50% from three-point range, basically continuing to just every time they come down and collapse in. Aaron Gordon had a big game. Uh, Jamal Murray had a big game. Reggie Jackson had a big game because they were just kind of waiting outside, and then they could cut to the basket, too, and get some big points. Uh, and Luka Doncic still at 38 points. He's still going to be crazy and yeah. is playing as well as he can. Tonight we'll see Spurs versus Bucks. Wimbenyama out. Bucks, last I checked, 16 and a half point favorites. It is still there. That is a big number. ESPN gives the Spurs a 6.6% chance to win this game. So you're saying there's a chance. I'm saying there's a chance. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, uh, we will get into some of your texts. We're asking you the poll of the day is uh, who will be the X factor for the Texas Longhorns or the Washington Huskies or both? Whatever you guys want to talk about, you guys. On the, uh, and, it's all uh, tell about us why. you guys. It's all about you guys. You guys, you guys drive the show, man. Uh, and then uh, we will get into that. And when we get into the 5 o'clock hour, some NFL talk as well, that Monday Night Football game, uh, crazy game happened last night. We'll get to all of that when we come back here on the Sports Complex and the Horn 1019, AM 1260, the Horn app, and hornfm.com. The Sports Complex of the Horn. Sports Complex here on the Horn. Jacob, any guesses? No. What is wrong with you? What? No, I don't have any guesses. This is a great song. Is it, I have it's no Billy idea. Billy Idol. Billy Idol. This is Billy Idol singing about a solid youth growing up. Yeah, pretty stable. Uh, yelling at the Xmas tree is yeah. this one. Uh, okay. It's uh, from 2005. Ah. When uh, the album he did, when him and Steve Stevens got back together, his guitar player, ah. they did this album. And it's a decent album. You think good he stuff called him? It's like, hey, man, something, I just found out something. I got a great idea for a song. <laughs> I got a great song. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's about it. I believe by the end of the song, uh, a different Santa is in bed with his mom. Oh, wait, believe. they're in bed? Yeah, I believe by the end of it. Oh, I didn't know that's what they were getting at. No, 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 it's not. But his dad's an alcoholic, and they're yelling. I think I I can't remember. I have not listened to the song in a while, but it's a great song. (laughs) 
I know I like that album when it came out. Uh, so that is one. Text signs open though. We're playing uh, weird Christmas songs or unusual, not the standard Christmas songs. So you know, just giving you some stuff to play at your party. See if anybody's still listening. Just <laughs> if anybody's paying attention. If anyone's paying attention, if you want to freak out, Grandma. Just Ooh. put this playlist together for her and just play it and be like, no, this is what we listen to when the sun goes down on Christmas. <laughs> Grandma, this is what the songs have always been. This is what this, no, this is Wham. This, this is, is Wham. This is what we listen to every year. <laughs> every year. No, this is, this is how we cleanse our ears from Mariah Carey. This is what we do. Uh, we, by the way, I don't hate the Mariah Carey thing as much as others. Here was a problem with Mariah Carey. Apparently, I moved in with my buddy and he was like, hey, there's this thing. And it happens every once in a while. Or it didn't, I don't even know if he told me. But he, his Alexa in the house would just start playing Christmas music. Wait a minute. And this is not near Christmas. Like, this wasn't around Christmas. What could they possibly be saying in the house to trigger No, no, Christmas no, and music? it wasn't. And he wouldn't notice it. I'd be in my room, and it would be playing in the living room. And so you kind of hear something. You're like, someone else home? So I don't think anyone was home. And then you walk out and be playing Mariah Carey. It was always the same playlist. It always started with Mariah Carey. Huh. And so we couldn't figure it out, and then I finally like found it on Reddit that apparently Alexa at one point was like, hey, would you like to hear Christmas music when the sun sets? And he said yes, and then it never turned off. It didn't say every day. He thought it meant just that day. Yeah, he was like, cool, that's a thing to come home to. And then you, we wouldn't notice it because we wouldn't always be home at sundown. Oh. And so it took me for a while to be like, it's a sundown thing because I'd be like doing something in the sun, and it's like the timing of it was always there if I was home. And I worked till. You know, I was at the office, so I, I missed it a lot of times. Or I'd come home and it was already playing. You just gave me a whole new idea because I'm totally coming home every day. And as soon as I open the door, it's... Well, that's the thing. Can I program the lights to flicker, too? So I, I mean, get if you strobe? get the smart lights. Oh, in a fog machine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Every day when I walk home. <laughs> when I walk in the door. You just do the wrestling theme music? Yeah. <laughs> I did that once at a, my friend. I had other people I knew, and I thought I knew more people. And it was somewhat embarrassing because I didn't know everybody was in the room. Oh, no. And I, I, but they were like they were using my Spotify was logged into something in the house. Okay, so I could do it from my phone. Yeah, and I was like driving home, and I kept they, they my, my Spotify kept changing off of what I was doing. I'm like they're listening to this, and they don't realize that I'm also listening to it. Yeah, sure. And so I just waited, and then right before I walked in, I hit a wrestling entrance music, and then just swung the door open. They're like, what is happening? Dude. And they did not understand what I was doing. <laughs> And it was, uh, I was like, oh, like three people I know here. And then a bunch of them, you're like, don't. You're just waiting outside and the stone cold glass break hits. And <laughs> exactly. you just swing through the door. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Want to get to text line? 512 447 3776. You're the glass break man. You know I'm coming. <laughs> just stone cold and beers. Yeah. Oh, man. Nothing like stone cold and beers. Patrick, beer. it's 11 a.m. Patrick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. You just went to go get a haircut. You just went. <laughs> Yeah, it looked good. <laughs> stone cold some beers. You don't get that much beer in your mouth when you stone cold a beer. You try and get as much as you can. Right. But you got to smash them and then turn both up. And it's, then Lou's down by your feet picking up the scraps. Lou does not, Lou's not a drinker. Oh. You know, you shouldn't be giving your dogs alcohol. It's bad for the dogs. All right, let's get to the text line. Uh, we're asking who is going to be the X Factor in the game for Texas or Washington. Uh, Dew says, uh, JT will draw the defense's det- uh, attention. I like that. We I agree. agree. Uh, Rod Guy from New Mexico says, Factor and offense will be the same as my opinion yesterday. JT Sanders, my expectation of the game on defense, will go to Malik Muhammad. Ooh. I think he will ball out and actually have a good game against those wide receivers from Washington. I think he's going to need to. Hopefully, Ryan Watts will be healthy in this game, too. That'll be a big one uh, if Ryan Watts, because then if you can play, you can switch out Manny Muhammad and Ryan Watts and keep those guys fresh. 
That yeah. is two really good boundary corners that could come and make a difference in that game and kind of shut it down to where you're not letting them, you know, even if they're switching wide receivers, you can't, you know, they're able to stop them. What does this actually have a good game, though, nonsense? Malik Muhammad's a good player. He's had a couple good games. No, no, I know. He is, it, yeah. it, it, it's for people who hate the secondary in general, or not hate, but I've, I've thought these secondaries underperformed in general. Sure. Which sure. they have at points, very much so. Uh, Ron Harper was embarrassed for the Lakers. I bet. I bet. Look, I, I, it, if I didn't see the players on the court, like, oh, boy, we are going to get so much crap for this. <laughs> Give it five years. It's going to be completely normal. Yeah, well, if, unless they keep winning it. Well, no, then it's going to be absolutely normal. We're going to be the most dominant in-season tournament team in because history. We already are. We have the most <laughs> in-season tournament wins. 100% win we have, record. Yeah, we, we have never lost the in-season tournament. You've never lost a game in the in-season tournament. We're just the best. Yeah, undefeated in the in-season tournament. Uh, Daydrinker77 says, I think linebackers need to be the X Factor, Anthony Hill in particular. Uh, yeah, Anthony Hill, we've seen him all year that he's been that X Factor of if he can make the right decisions and you know know when to rush a quarterback but not get beat, know when to shadow off and, and get on a tight end or a running back, and when he plays and makes the right decision, uh, then he's good. He's got a, Now he's got a full season under his belt, which is going to help him make those decisions. We know when he comes back next year, it's going to be even better for him making those decisions. So we know what he can do athletically. It's just about the knowing what the other team is going to do. You also have a month of film study on them right. to kind of help you go, okay, and, and a guy like Jalen Ford to help you understand what their tendencies are to help you make those decisions. Anthony Hill was on third and Longhorn with Nick Suley in the game, yeah. and they were talking about how do you know when you've broken the other team, and he had a sweet line. He was like, when you see them flopping on the ground and they're laying on the ground, they roll for a little bit and they close their eyes, that's when we know we broke them. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yeah, feed me that. Yeah, no, and that's – and hey, by the way, never do that, Anthony Hill. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a group of Washington uh, – it's a group, but if Washington has a chance, it's because this unit sucked. The secondary, they must handle those wide receivers like there are some JV scrubs. Look, they're going to – they're like, that's just how PK plays his defense, and that's how good Washington is. They're going to move the ball down the field. They're going to be able to do that. What you want to do is not give them freebies. You want to not be able to give them 30, 40 yards on a play – you want to make them continue to earn it, continue to make Michael Penix hit these guys, continue to make them put balls in dangerous situations, and give yourself, even if they, because if they gain 60 yards and you get a pick, that doesn't mean anything. Yeah, and that secondary has always been based on a roster of guys that do different things. It's yeah. kind of like the running back room where they rotate them in frequently and they all have different skill sets. So it's a, it's a master class in confusion usually. So you're going to get beat sometimes doing that. It does. Uh, Joe uh, the, from Buddy Lane says uh, the inaugural. He says inaugural instead of. No, I don't no, even like an inaugural. Don't say it. I don't unless don't. unless unless there's so much money behind it that it will definitely last. Like you like you have a thing that look. There's no way this can fail. I'm, I've got the top artists. I've got all this. There's I've, there's money behind it. Then you can go inaugural. But even that, when you have that one lone poster that says first annual or inaugural and that's in your house and, and you're like I don't even like hanging out there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where, what was the second one? Oh, we didn't do it because it was such a failure. I don't. It's not a good one. You don't want to have that. But I, like, I, I get it, Joe. You're trying to look. I know you've played some first annuals and inaugurals, Joe. I know you have. <laughs> the only first annual. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break. Uh, Chief Engineer, I'm going to get to your text as well. I like some stuff you got on there. I want to get to yours when we come back. Uh, we're also going to talk some NFL. Uh, and then uh, Tommy DeVito, man. Apparently, he's big timing. He's big timing some pizza places. Man, they are taking him and his agent are taking full advantage of the spotlight. Good on them. Um, we're gonna have to get into it. I, I don't, you know what? I don't like big time people. You know, come on, man. Yeah, you for the little guy. <laughs> for the little guy. We can take a break. We can come back. We'll get into that and a whole lot more. We come back in the sports complex in the Horn One Hundred One Nine and Twelve Sixty, the Horn App and HornFM.com.